Major League Soccer Week 4 wrap-up as your New England Revolution take down Nashville on St. Patrick's Day weekend in Foxborough. 1-0, Gustavo Bo La Pantera with the Galazzo winner! And there were some shenanigans going on up in the stands. We don't like it. We're not going to talk about it either. No shenanigans, folks. It's St. Patrick's Day, but let's keep it real. We also have Golden Hand on a call from New York City to preview DC United. And it's a good one. We have a packed show for you today. Coming up next with Mega Soccer Dad. Happy St. Patrick's Day post-game wrap-up with Mega Soccer Dad. Talking about your New England Revolution, who just took down Nashville in an epic, epic game we will forever remember that doesn't matter at all. According to Bruce Arena, and I quote, after four games, you got nine points. That's pretty damn good, as he was talking to his team. Then in the press conference, he said, the first four games of the season mean absolutely nothing. We're going to talk more about that and whether they mean absolutely nothing or whether maybe he's being a bit disingenuous because I would be super happy to be in second place in the East. You know what? Want to know why? Because Megasaka had said they'd be first in the East, and now they're second. And you picked them to be seventh. Down, down, down. I'm very excited about this. I knew it was possible. And I also predicted that they would win this game two to nothing, and they won one to nil. So I was very accurate. Why? Because Nashville isn't that good. Nashville is now in four. But the first four games don't matter, according to Bruce Arena. So we're going to talk about that later. This is a big show. This show might be very long. I'm trying to keep this to about 20 minutes, but this one might go over because I have an epic interview with Golden Hand coming up. He was covering New York City FC and DC United, and he's going to talk about that. Plus, he is going to talk about the upcoming DC United game down in DC, where DC United is. Audi Field. Wayne Rooney. Very cool. Ben Techie. Very cool. But first, some. Discussion about uh, Apple TV. So I finally got a chance to watch the 360 deal, deal, and it's actually it's actually pretty good. I actually like it. However, I am not not into the white sneaker with the suit thing, and I know that's a trend now. These white sneakers with the suit. Um, hopefully, this will go go back to like leather proper shoes. It probably won't, but it, it's I, I don't even know what to say about it. But that's not really a big problem. That's okay. I mean, I don't love it, but it's okay. The mustaches. So one of the hosts, Sasha Kledgenstein, uh, Alagilance, Sasha Alagilance. I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. So if I can't pronounce a word, I'm going to call it Alagilance going forward. So Sasha's got the mustache. And Bruce Arena, who said nice things about Nashville's keeper, he also has the mustache. Now, I think this is a bigger mistake than the white sneakers with the suit. And it's no longer the 70s. And it's no longer ironic because that was like a few years ago to be ironic. And when you lose, the mustache kind of doesn't, it's not as cool. Like when you're winning, 
The mustache rocks. But I would suggest go to a beard. Full beard. First player to grow a full beard, like down to his chest. Big Santa Claus beard. That's, that's the real money. That's the real winner. That's the future. As they say. Another thing. Houston. They look like a bunch of traffic cones in their orange uniforms. Now, Nashville looks like a bunch of caution tape. It, it looks like there's a crime scene happening. Like, the, these colors, like, what? why? Does anybody take a look at what these things are going to look like on a TV screen in high def? I am, first of all, I'm blinded from the orange, like the flame orange or the blaze orange, as they say. Now it's like caution tape running around. I think these things are ridiculous. We need to evaluate this. We need to get get a consulting company in here to talk about this, maybe make some changes. But mustaches, very, very dangerous in my book. But enjoy them if you like them. Um, I want to talk about the press conference. I tried very hard to get an answer as to who asked this question, and I'm not 100% confident that I know exactly who asked the question, because this is what it sounds like when you're listening to the press conference afterwards. A question is being asked, and you hear, let me get a drink of water. And then you hear Bruce Bruce Arena answer the question. And we can't get a microphone. The people in the back can't hear. Okay? But the question that was asked was... You brought Giacomo Veroni off the bench tonight. And then the answer from Bruce was he was he was okay. He's still going to have to take him a little time. So he said he's still uh, going to have to take him a little time. So I think his sentiment was he was okay coming off the bench, but he's still going to take a little time. And then there was a follow-up question that was how far away is he, do you think, for you to start him again? And this set Bruce off, and I believe it was because the word again was added. And he said, why is this a topic? Every player earns a position. It is not based on a classification. Now, this is interesting because this could be controversial because there's a designated player out there who's not starting, and apparently it doesn't matter. But this opens up a whole can of worms that I will not talk about right now. But I just want to like keep that in the back of your head as the season goes along. That you have to earn your spot. And it doesn't matter if you're a designated player. You have to earn it to get on the field. Or I'm assuming be a starter. But I wish the question was just simply how far is he away from starting? Maybe, maybe like if it was phrased that way. Um, because it seemed like Bruce was trying to imply that he's not really ready and it's going to take a little time. So the, so the logical question would be, well, how long will that be? And does this mean he's going to be a starter? But I'm not, I'm not faulting the questions being asked here, but I'm just, I'm just questioning why Bruce was so animate about that being a bad question when it's, it seems like a very obvious question. He's a DP and why isn't he starting? But, um, he also said something interesting. Another question was asked about the formation. And they asked, uh, you know, about the 4-4-2 and kind of changing things up. And uh, I'll try to clarify again. I, I wish I, I could give credit here, but I really don't know exactly who asked these questions because they don't really say you can't hear it because of the 
I'm trying to drink some water. That's what you hear when you're listening. Get a microphone. And he said, we went to a 4-4-2 because Carlos wasn't playing. That's the answer to the question. So he's like, it's obviously because Carlos isn't in there. But I'm going back to the starting 11 from the LAFC game. And this was the same as the starting 11 from the week before against Houston, except Heal was not starting, Bo was starting. So Barrero is up top with Wood, so two strikers, and then they played this 4-4-2 diamond with Bo as the 10. But then this week, it's 4-4-2 with Bo up top, and then Barrero over to the left as a winger, and then Bruce Arena said he's never seen Barrero play better. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but Barrero was great. Well, Barrero was in a completely different position this time, and Buck was way over on the right wing. So we we know. So wait, is it really because Carlos Hill isn't out there? Because for two weeks in a row they played the four four two diamond, and then with and without Carlos Hill, and we know it doesn't matter if a DP is out there or not because they all have to earn their time. And Lapandera, like, they couldn't get anything done against LAFC. But apparently, like, one extra week of training, and he's back. Because he played almost an entire game. Or, like, whatever it was, 60, 70 minutes. Like, looked great. Scored a goal. It's fantastic. But I'm not sure that I buy that. So that's something we're going to analyze, is whether these answers are good answers or whether these are kind of contradictory answers that are given just to get off the question. And another question was asked sort of about last week, like LAFC. And he said, don't even confuse yourself with all that. The first four games of the season mean absolutely nothing. So he also said that LAFC is one of the best teams in the league. Well, that's what Mega Soccer Dad said last week. LAFC is one of the best teams in the league, and that's why you got smacked. And Nashville isn't, and so this will be a good matchup, and the Revolution should win two to nothing. So, I mean, I'm not sure if I buy any of this. And I am not a Bruce detractor. Like, I, uh, you know, I have said we should fire him. Sure, sure, I get it. But that's in the past. And this year, I'm all positivity. So I, th- I think Bruce Arena is great. I, if, if I was going to go have a non-alcoholic beer with anybody in, like, the big four, any of these coaches, um, and maybe the Revolution aren't in really in the big four, maybe they're top seven after BC football and, UMass baseball, but let's say the top seven of the top seven, the big seven, Bruce Arena is the guy I'd want to have a beer with the most. I think he's fascinating. He's funny. I th- I think he's genuinely, genuinely a great guy, but I don't necessarily, that could be true. And I don't really have to think that his answers are very good. They, these are all over the map. So we played great, but the first four games don't matter. Of course they matter. And you know what? Another thing that matters is. Atlanta United is now in first place. And guess what? They have an eight-point goal differential. Plus eight. New England Revolution, plus one. So the first four games certainly don't matter, but goal differential matters. Let's take a look at the West. LAFC has a plus five goal differential. And four of them came against your New England Revolution. And St. Louis has a plus seven. So maybe maybe goal differential matters. The games don't matter. Of course these games matter. I, I don't know why 
why we'd even have to say something like that. These, ma- these games matter just as much as any game. I think what he's trying to say, and I'm not going to put words in his mouth, so I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm going to take him at his word. But we are then going to go back and we're going to see what he said. And he's saying two different things here. Now, there were two different questions, but he's saying in one, in one, he's happy that they got the points, but he also said the games don't matter. So I don't know what it is. Maybe somebody could go clarify that. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean we don't need to gather points in these early games? We could lose these games. Would you rather have four? Four is fine. But like, we have, what do we have? Nine now? Nine? So nine is, nine is just not even, it doesn't matter. Well, how'd you like to be Chicago or Charlotte? We played Charlotte. We beat them. They have three points. So I guess we're going to, we're going to think Charlotte's going to be dangerous. I don't know. Maybe, but anyway, I have a very, very, very special guest called in from New York city on the phone uh, to talk about his experience at New York city FC covering that and give us a little preview of Benteke and DC United, which is coming up this week. On the road, which apparently matters because Bruce did talk about that as well. He said we had to go on the road to LA and play you know one of the best teams in the league. Well, DC United's not one of the best teams in the league, but you have to go on the road. So maybe it matters, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it'll be a 4-4-2, maybe it'll be something else. I don't know. Maybe he'll play, maybe he won't. I don't know. But the reason we have to keep asking these questions is because we don't want contradictory answers that we can't understand. We want to be able to ana- analyze, excuse me, analyze a logulence. We want to be able to analyze and provide our listeners with good information that they can do something with. Like, I don't want to know that I just went to Gillette and the game doesn't matter. I want to go to Gillette and enjoy some chicken tenders and think I'm, yeah, we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction. Woo. But if we're going to get in a situation where we can't beat teams that are better than us, we have to find ways. Like LAFC smacked us. So I want to see how we look against DC United because DC United isn't LAFC. Both are on the road, but that, that's a different team. But hey, anyway, let me get to the conversation I had with Todd Tinkham, a.k.a. Golden Hand from Area Sportsnet. And I hope you enjoy this because we're going to try to add some of this commentary and interviews and different things to the pod as we go along so check this out all right i have todd tinkham here from area sports net he is in new york city he was kind enough to call in to the podcast and give me an update on or give me some uh, background on how the uh new york city fc dc united game went he was down there covering the game and then he's going to give me his thoughts on how dc united uh stacks up and what we might see next week so todd thank you for joining the pod you're welcome anytime i like to support you know independent media in the best way that i can and we'll um you know we'll talk about it we'll break it down get in all the good details so you are you were down in new york city to cover new york city fc versus dc united as part of the press corps and um i was wondering as a revs fan here uh, for my on my behalf um what was the experience like can you like tell us like what was it like going into the stadium what was the atmosphere like what was the kind of the situation for the press guys down there well, they're very welcoming from the from the jump. Uh, Esteban from New York City sent me several emails um, telling me what I need to do as far as parking goes, park in a garage right next to the stadium, 
get verified. They look at your, uh, find your name on a computer and then you're good to go. You park, you walk into a uh, gate four and then there's the media entrance right near there. Go through, you know, you have to go through metal detectors and stuff and very, um, very welcoming and put on your little press pass. And then they take you up to, um, the press box where the media is. And, um, you know, it's a half indoor, half outside type viewing experience. And, um, you get up there and then you, you know, there's plenty of places to sit. We got there about an hour before kickoff. So we found a good spot to sit. Um, and then they had a buffet in, um, one of the rooms, they had a great choice of food. They had, they had fish, they had your burgers, they had your chickens. Wait, had wait, your- wait, wait. Did they have chicken tenders? You already know. That's what Bam. I like. That's what I like. You had lots of, and, and, the, and the chicken tenders were replenished heavily. The second day down to about 10 in there, they replenished them about 30 more. Wow. Um, but I'm a, I'm a vegetarian, so I didn't have any of the chicken. But I had a lot of mashed potatoes, vegetables, chocolate chip cookies, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, so so I, I, I have a quick question. How is, how is it watching a game on that narrow field? Was that hard to get used to? Where you're set up as a as a press member there, it's not very hard to get used to. Um, you're really far away from the field there, so um, that's the first thing I was looking at was like the field dimensions and all that. Um, the filler where they filled in the infield at Yankee Stadium definitely needs some watering because um, it was it was brown in, in spots. The um the sod that they laid. Yeah, but um, you know the players um. They didn't have problems slipping last night. I noticed Ben Teke warmed up in a in a specific pair of boots, and then he changed boots coming out for the start of the game. I don't know if that's a tradition. My son told me that was a tradition certain soccer players do. But um, players weren't slipping during the game, and um, it, it appeared to be fine, even though we know the situation surrounding uh, the baseball field at Yankee Stadium playing soccer on it. It definitely is not ideal. And how how did uh, DC United travel? Were they did they have a bunch of fans there as well? No, they traveled lightly. They probably had twenty five fans in a section. Okay, um, and I don't even think they were traveling supporters. I think they were probably New York based fans. Gotcha. Yeah. So how did so. Ben Teke look? I know Ben Teke's been your guy for a while. You were really trying to argue that we should get him here in Foxborough, and uh, how did he look? He looked good. Um, they play pretty much everything to him, either on the feet or in the air, because he wins like at least 75% of his aerial duels. And then he kind of glancing headers it on to the wingers or back to um, the center mids. Um, he was fine. The thing, the problem with DC is without Taxi Fuentas, who was out four to six weeks with a hamstring, they lack creative players. So Click, who's from Leeds, is a good player, but he's more of like a six slash eight. He's not like your prototypical 10. Um, he got the assist on Benteke's goal. Um, he got it out wide, chipped in a ball across, and of course Benteke got in the air, headed it in, which is why I wanted Revs to get him because they're playing all the time through Bayern Jones putting in crosses, and we don't have that guy in the box like Buxa that get on the end of headers and score goals, and ben, that's how Benteke scores like all his goals. Plus, the thing about everybody says that that's what Benteke does. Benteke's hold-up play for a center forward is elite. So when they play him the ball to his feet, the ball sticks, and he plays other guys in. They just don't have enough creative players with Funtas being out. Um, Rev should be able to go down to D.C. next week and um, and get a result. They they lined up in a 4-5-1 out of possession and kind of a 4-4-2 in possession. 
and um, New York punished them early. New York, New York looked really good at times uh, with um, Santi and Pereira and Magnus. Um, uh, Mango, my bad on that one. Um, and then they had Sands back from Rangers and Parks. So they had they played a four-two-three-one with Sands and um, Keaton Parks holding, and that's for me. That's a good double pivot. Um, not the most athletic and rangy group, but good on the ball, get stuck into challenges. And then they would play um, Pereira or Rodriguez through, and then they'd go in and, and then they made it really hard for DC United defending. They got through several times, made DC look very, very vulnerable in the back. Well, it looked like Benteke almost had one there right at the end and uh, extra time and uh, yes. just couldn't quite, couldn't quite finish. I think they were offside. Uh, yeah, so on the broadcast, it said I was I was looking at the broadcast screen because I'm like, oh, I can't believe he didn't finish that. And my my son was like, Dad, he was uh, he was offside. So I looked up and I was reading the subtitles, and it said that he was up offside. But when they placed the goal kick, when they placed the ball down, the goalie had it at the top of the six. So I don't know if that's where they ruled him, where they ruled he was offside, or or, or it was a goal goal kick. It wasn't quite completely clear to me, but um. My son still swears that he was offsides, but even though he was offsides, he still needs to do better there. That's the one thing about Benteke is um, I've noticed with the ball at his feet, when it comes to finishing, he's probably 50-50. Um, he had like two unbelievable finishes and warmups, and then he had two scuffs. One went rosette, and the other one went went wide. And I felt like even though he wasn't playing that play like he was offsides, he was playing like it was a goal-score goal. And he... he for for a player his quality he he needs to do better do better now, there now can you tell me i flipped over to the game after the revs ended it looked like there was about nine minutes of uh time added what why was there so much time added i heard somebody might have got hurt during the game or yes. what yes, happened so, um, so in the second half dc put on a 16 year old left back um and i can't quite remember his name right now but um good player got cracked um bleeding out of both nostrils was down for like three to four minutes and prior to that pedro santos went down uh hurt pedro santos tried to run it off and he had to come out the game and i have some mm. i guess you can call it exclusive news on that uh, well you don't whenever. have to break that right now but um yeah. I, I just wanted to get john get john here um, yeah. So after the game, can you walk us down? How how do you get down to the uh, post game? Like, what was that like? And uh, apparently, you know, Wayne Rooney's there. That must have been kind of exciting. How, how'd that go? Oh, it was great. Um, we went to the elevator, and then they escort you down to uh, zero, level zero, zero, zero. They take you to the press conference. And we were down there. Like, we were the second group down there. So we sat front row, you know, eight to ten feet from Rooney. And, um, you know, he comes up, and they immediately start – asking reporters if they have questions but it it appears that they already know certain people so only three people at the press conference got to ask questions and then the other questions came from zoom so there was probably 30 to 40 people in the press room um in the press conference room but only three people got to ask questions i had i had a question lined up but they you know they i think they allot 10 minutes they allot 10 minutes per coach so it was wayne rooney first and then nick cushing went second and then they announced that the locker rooms are open. And then I um, I skipped over the NYCFC locker room because that's where everybody was going. I went right to the D.C. locker room and uh, I got to, you know, talk, make small talk with a couple players. And then um, 
did one of the DC press guys like, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, like look to chat with Christian Benteke. He's like, yep, he'll chat with you. He's just finished getting dressed and he'll be right out to talk with you, which was great. It was awesome. He's very professional. Um, my son said to me, wow, dad, Benteke speaks better, has better English than people that speak English. And that's not, his native, that's not his native language. Um, so that was great. It was, it was, you know, it was, I wasn't starstruck because I'm not going to get starstruck because I'm a fucking superstar. That's why I'm a, I'm a superstar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not a superstar. Um, no, but it was great because if you know me, I I really started following soccer with my kid heavily in 2015. And that's when Benteke was just banging in goals for Aston Villa. So I started to like root for them in the FA Cup until they played against Arsenal in the final. And then I just started following them and, you know, you know, checking him out at when he went to Liverpool and Crystal Palace and Belgium national team. So I, he's like the guy I don't, for not, he's the guy I follow most other than Arsenal players. So it was cool to chat with him and I knew it would happen if, you know, so I, you, I have, you, well. you have, uh, you're going to have a spaces coming out where you're going to be playing some of the audio from your questions. What, what's the name of your spaces for our audience? Well, it's going to be called um, Talking Footy with Golden Handed Friends. Nice. And I'll put it out tomorrow. I have to go home and figure something out with the audio because the audio isn't as good as I wanted it to be. So I just got to get that right, and then I'll put it on I'll put it on a space. And um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll play the Rooney press conference, which is 7 minutes and 43 seconds. And then um, I'll recap that and add on to that. And then... After that, I'll talk. I'll play the Benteke interview, which was short. It was only two minutes. I didn't want to hold the guy up. I oh, wanted yeah. to be about it. And uh, he was like, you know, at the end, he was smiling. I was smiling. My kid was smiling, and we dap each other up, and we and we kept it moving because I, you know, I can't. You can't be a fan. You gotta you gotta keep it professional and keep it rolling. And and I'll and then I'll bounce on from that because actually, my son asked Benteke a question and actually broke new Benteke broke news to my son. Nice. Well, listen, don't break that news here. We're gonna save that for your your space is talking footy with Golden Hand friends. So check that out when it comes out. Um, one more question, or actually, it's not a question. I want to get your opinion on what the Revs need to do to go down to uh, DC and win next week on the road. What is your uh, professional opinion on how the Revs are going to break this team down? Well, I think that DC will give them. Um, well, DC will give them the ball, but we thought Nashville was going to give the Revs the ball, and Nashville actually had more. Nashville actually actually completed more passes and had more passes than the Revs, and technically had more possession. So, I mean, but I think I think DC DC Revs are going to be able to get at them. No question about it. I don't know if Heel's going to be available or not, but um, they they look they look like they struggle in the back. DC does. Yeah, and when it comes to offense, Benteke is the focal point. He checks in, they play him long, and he glances headers everywhere. He knocks balls down, brings guys into the attack. So Romney and Kessler are definitely going to have their hands full with him in the air in the box. Um, they're just going to have to uh, find a way to, to neutralize him. Get they got they get what they need to do is they need to get into his body early. If you get into Benteke's body late, you're in trouble. You're already beat. Yeah. So it's like almost like a box out in basketball. The early, when you're going up against a rebounder, the earlier you get into their body, the better. So we're gonna, so gonna we're gonna have a good test. Uh, our defender, our back line, as they say, are gonna have a good test down in DC. I would I would think so. I know and I know. Um, 
there's some people heading down there. There's some port- supporters groups headed down there. Traeger said he was headed down there, so they'll have a good time. Audi Field's a good take. It's steep. It's really steep. Audi Field is really, really steep, the seats. so For those that yeah. don't know who Traeger is, Traeger is uh, one of the Golden Hand friends from Talking Footy. Traeger Dorati, you can follow him. He has some good information on Revs-related soccer news, so always yeah. a good follow. Um, all right. Well, this has been fantastic. It sounds like you're getting a little bit of wind down there as you're waiting for the uh, the youth soccer game to start. Just so, Staten Island, New York, and a 3:15 kickoff. It's windy as all hell out here. Staten Island, so you're completely yeah. surrounded by water and wind. There you go. Yes. Well, we we'll be all right. Yeah, that's great. Well, Golden Hand, also known as Todd Tinkham from Area Sports Net fantastic i can't wait to hear more about it. i'll look forward to the spaces and i really appreciate you calling in to talk to us today i appreciate you having me as always much appreciated what you have going on with your podcast is refreshing and beautiful thank you very much and listen hold on the phone i'm just gonna shut you off and i'll just i'll talk to you off, offline sounds good well, that was very nice of Todd to say. Golden Hand giving me a compliment saying that my podcast is refreshing and beautiful. And you all are beautiful because you're all hungover drunk from St. Patrick's Day weekend, but you're going to recover. You're going to get back to the gym. You're going to get strong. And we are all in this together because we are going to be number one in the East and we are going to win the cup. But here's what we've learned. Let's just summarize, and then I will kick it out of here with some inspiration. There was one other thing that I found interesting that came out of that press conference, which I, these things are gold. I need to start listening to these press conferences because I usually don't, because I I usually flip off of the game and I go directly to uh, the Golden Hand Spaces or, you know, I want to talk soccer, footy, and friends, and, you know, go check that out when it comes out, but that being said, there was a, another question here. We had a couple of other chances. I think they could have been a little bit better or better. So Arena is basically saying there were other chances to score. Now, I would agree with that. Then he went on to say their goalkeeper has been outstanding this year. I think the only thing outstanding about this goalkeeper is his mustache, which I love. But Basically, Gustavo Bo shanked his first try. That was terrible. And then he didn't even look up. He had a, he had a wide open look at net, and he kicked it directly to the guy with the mustache, who just like, thank you. I just saved that. So Bo has to be better. But Bo's a DP, and let's face it, he's going to have to earn it. Just because he's a DP doesn't mean he's going to get right back in there and play. That is not, we learned that. We also learned that nine points is damn good and the first four games don't mean anything. So we've learned a lot. I'm going to start listening to these press conferences. I'm going to start analyzing these press conferences a little bit more. And a 4-4-2, we play that if Carlos Hill is out. And and when he's in, we play something else. So doesn't seem to matter which team we're playing, if we're on the road or not. But that's so we learned that Carlos Hill was out, so we play a 4-4-2. And then when we're in a 4 for 2 Barrera looks great. So you can learn a lot from these press conferences if you would just give them a chance and just listen to what the gaffer is saying. He knows, just like Golden Hand knows. 
All right, with that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really, again, appreciate Golden Hand coming on here to give us a little preview. That was fantastic. I hope to have other guests on here soon. Um, I am still ramping things up in terms of topics and guests and sponsors and everything. As you know, we're taking over the space because nobody else is in the space. And um, really appreciate the support and the love and the kindness I get on Twitter at MegasoccerDad. Whether you agree with my takes or not, we tell the truth. We tell it the way it is. It's fact-based. And it's not, there are no shenanigans here like what went up in the stands. And we're not going to talk about that. But because I don't want this episode to go super long, I did want to get more into the stadium talk. And I'm going to see if I can sneak that in next time. Because I am even more convinced now after learning more about what's going on with the Wynn Casino. That there is 0.0 chance a soccer stadium is ever going in there. But I won't talk about that now. We'll talk about that later. With that, I want to leave you with some inspiration. We couldn't get the Piper Girl to play the bagpipes in Foxborough. And the Muskets were fired one time because we got one goal. It should have been three times. Labandera. But I want to hear this in the parking lot. And I want to hear this over the loudspeakers when the players are walking in. Because this will make you run through a brick wall at any time. Thank you. I'll talk to you next time. Let's go revolution. I'm going to tell you a little story. When I was a young lad, and I said to my ma, I'm going to find that town called Foxborough Town, and it's far, far away. And that was the last time I saw my ma. And I hopped on my bicycle, and I put on my jacket, and I started my journey. And it took days, and it took weeks. But I never gave up. I kept going. I was never going to stop, no matter what. And then I could hear, far in the distance, the bagpipes and the muskets. Boom! And I knew I had arrived. When I got there, what did I see? A bunch of ragamuffins. They weren't working together. And I knew right then, it was going to take all of us, if we would ever be able to say, we are the champions. It's gonna take me and you Look in the mirror. Find that inner child who says, I'm gonna find Foxborough Town, and I'm gonna get there, and I'm gonna win. And together, we will finally hoist that cup and say it proudly that we are the New England Revolution. And we're gonna start a revolution, and it's going to start now. And nobody can stop us because anything can be done when we work together and say we are not going to lose so let's get together and let's make this happen this is our year this is our time this is the New England 
revolution. You and me and Mega Soccer Dad are in this together.